Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to the fifth installation of Firmamental Podcast. I am your host, Raul. Today, we got a very special episode. We got a guest in the house today, everybody. I'm so excited to bring in uh, an individual that I met through George Hobbs and the Flat Earth Files. He actually has his own episode. Sorry, I can't recall the number of the episode, but he'll be able to tell you. But yeah, we connected through the Flat Earth Files and we started communicating um, that way. And we just built a friendship and we've been going back and forth. And I invited him on the show because this guy is just really smart and I really enjoy talking to him. And I figured he'd be a great first guest for the podcast. So first ever live guest interview on the Firmamental. Yes, you're welcome, folks, and enjoy. Also, I got a few people that I want to shout out from out there. Of course, Claude, the producer of the show. Much love, brother. Uh, we getting it in. I also wanted to say hi to my buddy Stu from Whitehaven, United Kingdom, man. Me and this guy have been having a good time going back and forth. You know, it's just so cool to be in this truth community and get to share knowledge with you guys and and hear the knowledge that you guys have. And I've never been a part of a community where I've received more love. I've never received so many emails and messages from around the globe. I've never even talked to people from some of these places we've been getting listeners from. So also in saying that, I just wanted to say hello to the to the fans and the listeners that are out there. It's pretty exciting. This podcast is like barely not even a month old, like less than a month old, you know, and it's just gained so much steam. We're already uh, going to be putting out, what, this is number five. So I'm just so happy to be doing this. I'm humbled to be hosting this show with you guys the next few episodes are going to be guest interviews. So we got Alex today. I'm going to have Derek Stitt from uh, Talking Stitt YouTube channel. And the one and only George Hobbs will be joining us in, in August. And just to say hello to my listeners out there, man, we've been getting them from, of course, the United States is my number one uh, listen, uh, getting listens from the most is the United States, but I'm getting a listens from Canada. Hello to all my Canadians. The United Kingdom, Australia, Ireland, Netherlands, Poland, the Philippines, Sweden, Uruguay, Denmark, South Africa. So hello to all my followers out there from all those places. I'm very humbled that you guys are listening to my show. So as I said before, I got Alex Pauls with me from Cochrane, Alberta, Canada. How are you doing, my brother? Hey, Raul. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm super pumped. We're going to I think we're going to make the best uh, episode ever. George Hobbs got his money, uh, got his work cut out for him because I'm going to make him work for it. Hey, there you go. You know, it's so awesome that we met. You know, we wouldn't be doing this right now. I would even be doing this podcast if it wasn't for George Hobbs, you know. <laughs> so uh, much props to my Mr. Miyagi, like I called him on the last Fact Hunter that we recorded together. But uh, yeah, man, I've just been thrilled to meet you, man. And it's so cool. You know, I'm over here in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. You're up there in Canada. Sorry, by the way, you got that guy Trudeau up there that you got to deal with. So I pray for you on that one, my brother. But uh, you know what? You've been so fun to talk to, man. You're such a knowledgeable person. You know, we both have a, a love for underground hip hop and we're both the same age and we've just really hit it off. And and the, the listeners are going to find out too, man. Uh, you plan a trip down here to the United States and you're going to be in my area. We plan on beating in the flesh here soon. Oh, yeah, I I have a I have a good feeling that uh, this is just the first of many uh, podcasts that we collaborate on, and uh, you know we see eye to eye on so many different things. And I mean, we could just do podcasts on music. Never mind uh, 
flat earth like uh our, our taste in music is so similar and so funny like me growing up in canada at least at least you're part of that culture uh i was always waiting for like epmd when they're turning 50 to come and see me in winnipeg <laughs> not in their prime yeah but uh yeah it's uh no it's it's a pleasure to be on the show we're, we're gonna uh, i got i mean you and me know like we've done a lot of pre-meetings here and we're we're ready to put on a, a banger for everybody there you go so you know uh, the one thing that I did want to ask you, though, is to just kind of let the listeners uh, uh, know for those who didn't hear you on the Flat Earth Files. And by the way, you can go back, you can listen to my episode, which is 52. And what episode were you on? I believe I'm on 42 or 43. Okay. Yeah. So you can go back and, and give George some more spins, give him some more listens, some more plays. Go back and re-listen to our episodes. Listen to them again and again, folks. Uh, yeah. So that's how I met. That's how we met. But for the people that that are tuning in, that have just tuned into this podcast and are hearing you for the first time, kind of tell us about like how did you get to this point in your truth seeking? Like, you know, we all start probably start off as like rookie conspiracy theorists and we like work our way through the muck and we end up in this place <laughs> flat earth, you know, uh, which is a silly term to me, but I still say it because that's what people know it as, you know. I call myself a geocentrist, but yeah. um yeah, tell us, tell us, man, how did you get to this place? Yeah, well, just like, uh, just like you, I, I started out as a white belt, uh, conspiracy theorist, not really, you know, knowing everything. And, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever be a black belt conspiracy theorist or a black belt uh, geocentrist, but we're always, we're always learning things. The more, the more you learn, the more I realize we don't know. So we're always, we're always digging. And I, I think that's the beauty of us. Like people, people who call us conspiracy theorists or, you know, we don't know what we're talking about. Um, I, yeah, I beg to differ. I've probably spent over a thousand hours in the last year researching, reading, studying, looking at different videos, uh, talking to people like you, talking to uh, people like George and just learning like crazy. And, you know, my, my story started with, myself in in college like a, a, a seed was planted in me and when I was about 24 years old so that was about 20 21 years ago um yeah I was probably the only person in my college classroom that that thought that the moon landing was real and I and I had a rude awakening everybody around me was kind of laughing hold on hold on I don't mean to cut you off did you say that you thought it was real or you were the only one that didn't think it was real I was the only one that thought it was real oh wow yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I was just making sure I heard that right. <laughs> no, so I, I was like, in, I was innocent. Like I was like pure, like pure virgin, 24. Like, no, like the government can't lie to me. NASA can't lie to me. All these things are, are real. Space is, space is real. And then everybody around me is like, dude, haven't you seen the videos? Haven't you like even looked into it in for a minute? And I realized I'm like, no, I haven't. I just kind of just watch the news or watch whatever. And, you know, I just buy whatever crap they they tell us right like like basically everybody out there you know you watch the news you you go about your day and and that's who i was and uh after that after that day i was like oh wow maybe i shouldn't be so trusting of uh of these government agencies or the, or the news and you know that led me you know 20 21 years later i started taking jujitsu and eddie bravo he uh popped up in my feed on on youtube and all of a sudden, he's talking about flat earth. Amazing dude, by the way. Hilarious guy, great personality. He's just, and a musician, by the way, too. Yeah, he, I mean, what can't that guy do, right? I know, he's he's a badass. <laughs> so, so I'm listening to him talk. I'm like, man, what is this idiot saying? Like, 
flat earth. Like, come on, bro. Like, this will take me two minutes to, you know, debunk. I know math. I know physics. Like, I went to university. I was an electrical engineer. Like, like the earth can't be flat. Like, well, I know, I know everything about math. I know everything about physics. Like, apparently I didn't know that much because once I started digging, you know, 20 minutes became an hour. An hour became two hours. And I'm sweating and... I'm like, this shouldn't be, this should not be that hard. Like anybody that calls you an idiot, eh, like, I think it really short circuits their brain when, when you start talking ab about flat earth, like it short circuits their mind, like geocentrism, like, oh, it's, it, it's this foundational lie that we're all taught. Like it's one of the first lies that we're all taught and it, everything is kind of based on this crazy place that they say that we live. You know, this realm, I call it, I call it the realm that they, they want us to imagine, right? They're, they're, they're painting this, this picture of this place that we're living and it's not anything of, of what it really is, right? Because they're trying to take us away from the creator. Yeah. You know, I, I totally agree with you and well, we're conditioned right from birth. And I mean, this is just what we're taught. We're, we're, we're taught, you know, before you become a conspiracy theorist, you're kind of like, you trust in the system. You trust in your government, you trust in your media, you trust in your, well, obviously your parents and your upbringing, you know, if you came up from a good family home. But, uh, you know, a lot of kids grew up in a, in a crib with, uh, you know, one of the, I, I forgot what they call them, but those things that they dangle above your crib, yeah, right? Mobile. All the planet. Yeah. They got, you know, uh, a lot of people had globes in their house. A lot of ha people have, you know, you know, how many textbooks and pictures. I mean, it's just in everything. It's everywhere. You know, but uh, you don't question it. It's just the way it is. You know, so so to get to a point where you have to completely rewire your brain to wrap your mind around could this possibly not be real? Like it's it it is it's the hardest conspiracy theory to understand, man. It really is. It's so difficult. Yeah, but the I, thing, like you know, it. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I really wanted a people. Like first time listeners, people who aren't even uh, flat earthers or geocentrists, I really wanted people to listen to this episode. I wanted people to be able to share this episode with family members. And, you know, the the theme of of our episode is is really just questioning like some certain some certain topics. Like I like to call it the silver bullets, like not proofs, but just think about it. Right. Think, think about these topics and and then start doing a little bit of digging. Like it's so like the world everything that we're living in is so interesting. And when you and I talk, it's like, everything's way more amazing now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, like I'm like you, I thought that the flat earth was completely ridiculous and I didn't even want to entertain the thought. Uh, it just so happened that one time I just finally said, I just kept getting this thing kicked my way and my feet. And I finally said, you know what, man, I'm just, let me check this out for 10 minutes. And just like you, next thing you know, you know, I, I've read multiple books and watched probably like 20 hours worth of documentaries and, and, and just starting to let my senses speak to me, you know, and actually start to, to, to dig into this stuff. And then it hit me and I'm like, no way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I had this, um, I had this epiphany the other day, like people, people will see what they want to see in the end. But sometimes their mind isn't ready to comprehend or the brain protects itself from short circuiting. So maybe some people weren't meant to see what you and I see right now. Uh, but, you know, us dropping these little nuggets will help maybe 
help them like interpret things differently and use a combination of their senses. And, you know, I continue to look at the world differently as, as this veil is lifted and, um, it, it's evolving. Like it's ever evolving. Like I'm questioning so many more things now. And like I said, I was 24, 25, I was pretty late in life before I kind of didn't trust the government anymore. And I didn't trust the news outlets as much. And uh, I mean, I feel I, I feel way more free now that at least I know how to research things a little bit better or, or I know where resources are or I like to talk to people like you or other critical thinkers or or just to ask dumb questions like, you know, like, is the moon made of cheese? Here we go. Let's have a discussion about that. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't think that there's any dumb question, you know, and I was always told, like, especially when I was in construction and I was in a trade for a while and. And my instructor used to always tell me there is no dumb question because if you have that question in your mind, somebody else in this room is thinking about it. And and that's the thing. I got to this point, you know, and I think a lot of people hold on to this spinning ball and the globe because it's what we've been conditioned and that's what we've seen throughout our whole life. And a lot of people can't break away from that because that's their comfort zone, you know, and it's hard to get yourself out of a comfort zone. But I think the biggest misconception of conspiracy theorists is that we're crazy and 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 researching conspiracies just drives us nuts. And like you, I've had times where I struggle with it, but just life is a struggle. You know, I've I, I've made a lot of <clears throat> bad choices when I was a young man. I had to learn from those mistakes. But you know, what doesn't kill us really makes us stronger. And I've gotten to this place where, just like you, I feel so much more free now that I know this. And people be like, "Well, how does it make it? You you feel more free?" Well, at least to me, this is my truth. And I always, I always say this to my audience, you know, you don't have to be a flat earther to believe in God. You don't have to be a flat earther to, to be a Christian. The most important thing, at least me as a man of faith, is that I have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I put the Bible in his word first. But you know what? Something that's so amazing about flat earth is just it's brought me to picking up my Bible more. It's got me to read scriptures more. I look at Genesis differently. I look at the creation story differently. I look at these stories like stories like Joshua 10 or the Tower of Babel or, you know, when God talks about the firmament or the earth sitting on pillars. And, you know, I look at it differently now. And for me, at least, this is my walk. This is my journey. It's not everybody's journey, you know, and we need to understand that all that, that I want to get you guys to do is think about things and there's nothing wrong with thinking about things for yourself. I mean, we just know, you know, look what we went through <clears throat> over these past, you know, since 2020, you know, look at the, look at the lies that they told us, look at how they misled us. I mean, they, I think they, the, the enemies really overplayed their hand and more people are waking up and it, and it's subjects like these that can further wake people up. And whether you come to the same conclusion that, that Alex and I have come to, or you come to your own conclusion, or you still believe in the 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 spinning ball. Like, hey, it's okay. We can agree to disagree. You know, we don't all have to think the same. We don't all have to feel the same. That's what's amazing about about life is we all have different perspectives, and we have the entitlement to think. You know, have these unique perspectives. You know, if we were all walking around thinking exactly the same, I think life would be pretty boring. You know, and that's what. That's what freedom of speech and these God-given rights are all about. You know, you don't like what I have to say? Well, then don't listen. You could shut it off. You can go somewhere else. But there's a lot of people that I think that want to hear this stuff. So uh, sure, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what I'm excited to see what you brought to us, man. What you bring to the table today, brother? Yeah, I think I think what makes us all amazing is um, 
when you take us out of the group and you have us like individuals, like I was talking about Wu-Tang Clan or Voltron, like even if when you separate us and and uh, you, we, we get on our own album, we have our own style, we have our own system, we have our own beliefs, we have our own way of researching. And I think that's what makes us incredible. And we don't all believe in the exact same things. And there's a lot of things that we do believe that are that that are the same, and and that's okay. It's um, like I said, we're you know we're trying to rank up the black belt, and even then, um, you know, you start looking at the world differently as as you start leveling up, right? So I, you know, where I wanted to start with you actually, um, this to me this was very interactive because so many people they troll me, and uh, they're like, oh man, what the <laughs> damn trolls. Yeah, they want to tell you what you believe, right? So a lot of like, oh, uh, so you you believe that we're like on the back of this giant turtle and it's like, what? I don't believe that we're on this back of this giant turtle. Oh, the floating space pancake, you dumbass. Like, you know, that's the one thing that I can't stand is like, even though I, I believe in this, I don't go and insult other people. I don't have to insult you. I don't have to resort to using insults like... I can use my intellect and I can use my brain and say, let's have a discussion. That, and that's the same thing with politics. It's, it gets nasty and ugly. It's like, why do we got to get so nasty and ugly? And I'm sorry out there. I don't, I don't like flat earthers that insult Globers either. Like, we shouldn't be insulting one another. We should be, uh, you know, go ahead, have the floor. Tell me what you got to say. But I just gave you the opportunity to speak. Now it's my turn. But people, you know, that's just life, man. People just want to like be nasty and disgusting, and there's there's no need for it, man. Like uh, that's that's what we need to change. Yeah, I think we can. I mean, I took a, a page from George, uh, learning about how to be more positive, and because I I fall into those negative traps, right? It's like it's like uh, evil trying to suck you in and and make you evil too, even though you're on a a righteous mission. So it's like, man, it's, it's not easy to be righteous. It's, you know, we're flawed and I got to realize, or I realize that I got to be a, a better person when it comes to planting these seeds of truth and, and doing it in a good way. Like it, it will make the world a better place. Um, I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I'm right there with you, you know, and then, uh, I know you're a man of higher calling and, uh, you know, we talk about this cause we've been talking a uh, for a while now and, it's it's just pretty amazing to me uh, how I've met individuals like you through this community, and it just really gives me new fervor for seeking this stuff. It, it's exciting to me. It's something that's fun. It's giving me this positive outlet. It's giving me a way to utilize my talents. You know, I come from the from the realm of underground music myself. I was an underground MC over here in the New Mexico hip hop scene for a long time. I mean. I've opened up like a lot of these groups that you talked about, you know, I got to open up for some of these acts and, and, you know, of course, along with that lifestyle, you know, comes uh, <laughs> sex, drugs and rock and roll or whatever, you know what I mean? And I, I lived in that lifestyle for, for a good period of time. And it's like, you know, I, I you, you grow though. And well, if I did it, you know, I have friends that are just still kind of stuck in that stuff, but you know, I, I myself, you know, became a father and through living life and making mistakes and having to learn and, and losing loved ones, you know, I, I so changed and, you know, it's not necessarily cool to be like a 45 year old battle rapper, you know what I mean? But I still had all this stuff pent up in me, you know, sure. and it's just like, I, I have to, I, I can't just keep it to myself and, and I just can't dump it on 
you know, uh, Gabby and the kids, you know, I just can't, uh, just dump it on my mom. I dropped a flat earth bomb on my mom the other day and it, and it was just, I way overloaded her circuits. But, uh, you know, since then she's listened to my episodes and it's pretty cool. And now we're just having this discussion. And I think that's what it's really all about. This is just giving me this, this fun platform. It's giving me a new hobby. And I'm just so happy to, to meet guys like you and talk to guys like you. Yeah, it's going to be, well, like I said, it's going to be a fun episode. Hopefully, I'll be your mom's favorite guest on the show. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, this will be, you know, another, you know, another shake up for the for the short circuit. So, you ready to get into the uh, the silver bullets? Let's do it, my friend. All right. So, uh, I just wanted to say to everybody, like, these are, these are my top five silver bullets that, you know, I want to plant in your mind to help you know, do a little short circuiting and, and make you start questioning things. They're not proofs, but they're meant to just make you say, hmm, that's, I never thought about it like that. And me and Raul kind of went over this and I think he agrees that uh, we, we got some gold right here. Well, silver. So let's, let's go. <laughs> the, so number one, we got uh, Polaris, the North Star. So I don't know if everybody knows about Polaris, the North Star. It's pretty much fixed right at the center, right above the North Pole. Um, the stars in the sky, they rotate around it and, you know, observe, and this is an observable, uh, thing that you can do yourself. You can, uh, have a, uh, have a video or, uh, a, uh, a, a, like a camera set up to actually watch the st- the stars in, um, what, what do we call that? A time-lapse video or time-lapse camera. Yes. I've seen time-lapse video footage of what exactly what you're talking about. And there's actually some really cool videos that I will, uh, post in the show description showing time-lapse footage of exactly what Alex is talking about, where you could see Polaris stationary and the celestial bodies, uh, you know, stars spinning around them. But go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, we don't have to take government space agencies' word for it with this experiment. You can go out there and you can just observe it, and that's that's real. Like, we can, you know, that's tangible. So the reason this bullet's so important is because they tell us that the sun is flying through the universe at almost a half a million miles per hour, like a comet. So imagine that, and all the planets are following along on the ride of this comet. And, you know, we, me and Arul always make fun of the satellites or the, you know, the satellites that don't exist, but these poor little satellites are just trying to keep up, right? At least to us, they don't exist. To you guys, they probably still exist, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so how do they not get left behind? So when I, when I was a kid, I didn't really... I didn't really even know that the sun was flying through the galaxy, supposedly. They always showed us this sun or at the center of our universe, and we just revolved around it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But now they got greedy, right? So now let's assume that the earth is flying in the y-axis, like straight up, like half a million miles per hour, 250 times faster than a speeding bullet. 250 times faster than a speeding bullet. That's how fast they think we're just flying like in the y-axis. And as well, the sun, um, hold on a second. And now as we're going to add the X and the Z axis, we're going to rotate around the sun at 66,600 miles per hour. So I wanted to give a shout out to Satan for giving us that speed. Yeah. That 666 in there. Yeah. And to top it all off, we're also going to be spinning the globe at a thousand miles per hour. So the sun is shooting straight up in the air. Half a million miles per hour while we spin around it, 66,600 miles per hour. And then the earth itself is spinning a thousand miles per hour. If you can 
Can you even fathom that with your mind? That's what they want. Like, they don't even care if you believe it or not. That's what they just tell you. Like, you can go on Google and you can see all these numbers and you'll see that I'm not lying. Like, I didn't make up. Well, it's in our textbooks, right? It's This yeah. is what they put in our textbooks. This is if you go study astronomy, this is what they tell you is proven truth. Like, I'm sorry. Those are theories. And this is just theories that they came up with. You can go back and listen to past episodes that I did. Uh, the recent one, Orchestrated Lies, and I could show you how they come up, you know, one pipe smoking, you know, brilliant mind gives birth to a theory that gives birth to another theory. And then you learn that all these guys are buddy-buddy in the same bohemian clubs, you know? Yeah. And uh, it is, it's ridiculous. And I, I heard you touch on something that I wanted to speak about to the fans out there. And it was satellites, right? So we yeah. send satellites into outer space and send, uh, you know, our supposed images back to Earth and and you know communicate with us through the cosmos they detect meteors in outer space and there's always this new story coming out in nasa about some close call and some meteor the size of a bus school bus just barely missed our planet and you know they they tell us all these things and i think it's at least for me it's a way that they keep us in this constant state of anxiety and fear and it gives them vindication and justification for having institutions like nasa and nasa to me is not a straight answer, never a straight answer, not a space agency, you know, and go back and listen to the orchestrated lies episode, folks, like NASA in ancient Hebrew pr pronounced Nasha uh, means beguile or to deceive. And they have a serpent's tongue in their logo. And then you get into the people that were involved in it, like Jack Parsons was part of Ale Alistair Crowley's Thelema cult. These are the people that built these uh, international institutions that are just, you know, we were supposed to believe everything they say. Like for me, I'm not buying it. And, and when we talk about satellites specifically, it's just ridiculous to think that the earth is moving at these astronomical speeds and these satellites are staying perfectly in unison in, in uh, locations positioned above us and constantly traveling along with us at these speeds. Like that's like impossible, bro. Yeah. Yeah. But, but wait, there's, and they're not colliding into anything. Yeah. They're not colliding into anything while they're up there. Right. Yeah. I was going to do like infomercial, but wait, there's more they want you to believe. <laughs> do it. Uh, hit it. All right, man. So, but good, good points. Like, like, so these defenders of the lie. So this is, this is something that I, I get hit with all the time. So the defenders of the lie will say that, but wait, the speeds, the velocities, they're constant. So that means you don't feel any of it because it's constant, but you know, I might be a little bit more advanced than the average, you know, fifth grader. Like I've done my university physics and everything like that. But even somebody like me knows that constant velocity in a straight line means that you won't feel any of it if you're like in a container, like a plane or a car. But we're not traveling in a straight line as we've already discussed, right? We're... Yeah, it's not linear. Yeah, it's not linear at all. And, you know, we're, we're walking around watching butterflies float around while we're on the most insane roller coaster ever created by NASA. So let's just repeat that again for the people in the back row. Like we're flying upwards at a half a million miles per hour, like a rocket, while simultaneously we're on a giant yeah. loop, uh, like on an off ramp. Have you guys ever been on an off ramp going like 80 miles an hour? Well, we're going like 66,600 miles per hour on this off-ramp that never ends and the interior of your car is also spinning at a thousand miles per hour so if you can imagine and they making a carnival ride like this 
And the guy running the ride's like, hey, don't worry, you can't feel any of it because it's all constant, <laughs> constant motion. You're totally safe. Just keep the windows rolled up. Like, <laughs> I like, love it. That's probably the best, like, the way I can describe how insane, like, the, the de lie defenders are, right? Dude, that was like a Jizza-style uh, <laughs> metaphor right there, bro. I love it, man. You know, and I love your Wu-Tang reference earlier, and we could keep this podcast. You know, I want to keep this podcast fun and lighthearted, too. And, you know, we are fans of underground hip-hop music, and we know that, like, the Wu-Tang Clan, each member had their own uh, specific you know, style that they mastered, you know, and, uh, that was pretty masterful right there, bro. I like oh, nice. put that together. I, I like that you, you know, reference the Jizza cause I got a, I got a mission. I got to save him from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Cause him and that fool are hanging out and he's getting poisoned with some, some fake scientism. So we got to drop some real knowledge on him. Oh no, not Neil deGrasse, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take, we're going to save the Jizza from that clown. So, uh, you ready for silver <laughs> bullet number two, everybody? Raul, you ready? Let's do it. Two. All right. Water. Water is a great silver bullet. So water, we know that it seeks its level. Think about it, everybody. What do you use to level, you know, when you're building a house or hanging a picture frame? You're using water in a little bubble. There's no greater truth teller than water. So if we had a clear, okay, so I, here's another picture I love to, I love to paint here for you. So if we had a clear glass ball container the the top of it was open and we just filled it with water the water would take the shape of it right you with me amen you know uh i always remember uh lao tzu and and those ancient teachings in uh 20,000 years of wisdom and it talks about be like water water always flows to a level source it freezes in the winter it thaws in the summer you know water can give life and take life like i i love that I'd love to <laughs> I had to throw that in there that was yeah, yeah. something beautiful that I learned from other cultures for sure and Bruce Lee would always talk about water <laughs> be like water yep <laughs> exactly but unfortunately earth is not a clear container the ball earth is actually the opposite the opposite of that so let's say that the earth is a globe for fun I want you to really picture this next part in your mind's eye. Like, let's let's clear our mind's eye while I'm talking, and we'll paint this story here. So let's let's drain all the water from this globe. What does that look like? Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. What does what does that look like to you as all the water like falls off of this globe? What what what's remaining? Like we're picturing. I'm picturing like like the center core, like the center ball that they've always told us about. I'm picturing like a chewed up apple. Yeah, like like that. And then I'm, get, I'm getting to <laughs> a it. A bunch of bites taken out of it in different parts. And like, please, so who knows what the heck's in it inside of it? Like, I don't know. But uh, I'm picturing like for me, like I was closing my eyes while you were doing that. And I just picture like a chewed up apple that have just different bites going throughout it. Yeah, like I was picturing it being like all brown, like everything is already dying because the water is gone, right? And 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 then you got these like rock land masses, almost like the Grand Canyon, like you got these weird like stalagmites coming out and at the top of them are the continents and they're, you know, and the rest looks like you wow. said, it's all taking a bite out of, right? And uh, that, it looks wild, right? Like look at it in your mind, like it looks wild. Okay, are you ready? That's so cool, man. I love this. I've never heard this one, man. And this, that, that's awesome. Go right. Keep going, man. Okay, man. So let's, so let's now, let's fill it back up with water. All right. Let's start filling the magical globe back up. So where would the water go first? Like, let, let's say we've got a faucet at the top 
like where like the North Pole is. And we just turn on that faucet and the water starts like filling this globe back up, right? So do you think the water would go down to the center of the Earth first and then form like a magic ball around the Gravitron and then start like going outwards uh, in a ball? Or do you think it would like go down to where Antarctica is? And Antarctica's job is to kind of like hold it and then this weird like cup of, you know, like this bowl of water fill up to like the equator and then you know it would like start filling back up to the top but it would come back in and 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 form this shape of this magical ball like does water work that way no no because if you think about it like if you're pouring like uh well you know like like me obviously firmamental i believe in the firmament so i'm looking at it through that but if you're talking about the globe like you're just pouring water from above in space and trying to reshape it like like you would have to have this invisible force called gravity that they come up with. But like, how does that work with taking the shape and, right. and, and finding its level? It just doesn't make sense. That's, and that's the point that Alex is making here. I totally get where you're going with this. It just, it just really doesn't make sense. It does make sense in the flat earth though. It completely makes sense. You drain the earth of its water, right? We're left with this with, because we as flat earthers, like at least myself, I believe that Antarctica, and we're going to get into Antarctica, I'm sure we always do, but uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's a cup. We're living on a level plane, P-L-A-N-E, you know, um, and, and, and if you drain the water, just like you drain a bathtub and then go and refill it back up, the walls of the bathtub hold it in. Well, folks, that's, that's, that's the way I look at it. What do you think? Yeah. So like, I actually was tying in like some celebrity elites in this next part where you know, could you imagine um, if you were building a mansion and you were worried about like, you know, the t like the too much water, like climate, like the, with climate change, like big climate change and stuff like that. And the, the polar ice caps melting, like why would you build your mansions on the coastlines if you're worried about water levels rising and stuff like that? The earth, the earth ball is not, it's not this physical container of water and it doesn't have these types of properties like water, water does not. Okay, so here here's my my major point. It doesn't lie. Yeah, like well, water, water does not that. become water does not become convex on the surface for the sake of itself. Like it it will there just not go. become convex, right? And yeah. Yeah, so. well and, and and another thing we will you talk about, you talked about like, you know, cuz they are pushing some of these global agendas, right? That's kind of funny, but global warming, right? Dude, right. go look at a picture of the Statue of Liberty today. And go look at where the water's at around the base of her. And go look at a picture from 19, uh, 1923. Or I don't know how long the Statue of Liberty's been around. But like go way back. Like when she was first put there. Yeah. Bro, the water's still in the same place. It hasn't come above her ankles or to her knees or something. Like I just don't buy some of this stuff that they're pushing on us. Sorry, I just had to say that. It popped oh, in my head. No worries. And then... Okay, so we, we, to top it all off, we have those extreme motions from silver bullet number one. The earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour. So, so what would that do to the water? To me, it would like make the water like fly off of this globe. Like if you ever spun a basketball that was wet, like the water just flies right off, right? Yeah, dude. Like uh, immerse a tennis ball in water. A, a tennis ball is fuzzy, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Just hold it in your hand. Dunk it in a 
in a pool of water, hold it there, let it get nice and soaked on that, on that, you know, fuzziness. And then, and then throw it, <laughs> throw it. Cause when you throw it like a baseball, it's going to spin. What's going to happen to the water? It's going to fly everywhere. Exactly. So, so my last point for this bullet is, so what I know to be true is that we're in a giant saltwater lake with Antarctica surrounding us, just like you said, and we're in this bowl or a cup. So just imagine we're like in a, in a soup bowl and the water is actually below the level of the rim of the bowl. We don't, we don't want to spill the, we don't want to spill the soup. So the soup is below the rim and the highest points of the land within the bowl are, that's the edge of Antarctica. That's the top of Antarctica and all the continents and islands are actually higher than, you know, the level of the water. And that's where we're living. There's no magic physics required, just water doing what water does. Dude, that's, dude, honestly, and I'm not just tooting your horn here, and I'm so glad you did this on my podcast because I have listened. Since I've become a flat earther, that is the best explanation that I've heard comparing the water on the globe to the water in the flat earth. You blew my mind here, brother. That was a beautiful illustration. Oh, You're the RZA on that one. You're the RZA on that one. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. I, you know, and that just came to me the other morning. Like I had divine inspiration and, you know, I was preparing to you and me had just talked and I got really inspired and I woke up at 5 a.m. I just had to start writing and that, that just came to me. I didn't research somebody else's story that, that, you know, that was supposed to come through me on this show. So that's, you know, I dedicate that to you for sure. Man, that was awesome. I, I I enjoyed that one. I was I was ticking back on pride for that one. All right. Are you ready for the next one? This one's pretty fun. And this one's gonna let's go. Millions too. Okay. So here here we're gonna we're let's have some fun. Let's have you and me, you you and me, we're gonna get into two hot air balloons. Okay. You got one and I got one. All right. Okay, which one am I in? You're in the uh red one. I'll be in the blue one. Okay, what's the red one doing? Um the red one. Uh, let's say you're just floating there and my, and my hot air balloon is actually attached to the ground. So you're, you're going to float. Okay. So you're anchored, you're anchored and I'm floating freely. That's is that what you mean? Yeah, that's correct. We're going to, we're going to let okay. flow right. do the work here. Uh, wind will help you and the globe will help me. And we're going to see who's going to win this. Uh, we're going to see who's going to win this race. Okay. Okay. So the hot air balloon, uh, let's see here. So. This is an easy experiment for anyone to do, actually. Like, all you got to do is go, you know, rent a couple uh, uh, hot air balloons. I know in Arizona they do it here. Here's hey, hey, check this out. Check this out. I, I I don't mean to cut you off, but dude, do you know where they host the the balloon fiesta every year? It's the world's largest hot air balloon fiesta. You know where it happens? I don't know. Albuquerque, New Mexico, baby. Oh, we should do this experiment there. We should just do it. Albuquerque, New Mexico, baby, home of the balloon fiesta. Go Google it, folks. <laughs> oh, we should totally set that up and we should like, you know, be it happens in October. Okay. We'll make it happen. Let's do it. <laughs> so I don't have a hot air balloon and they're kind of, they're kind of expensive to go up in, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, maybe this podcast will blow up so much that, that, uh, you know, I can afford to one day. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, anyways, back to the, back to the subject to hand. Yeah. No, go ahead. So Sorry, I had to is, I had to bring that up because it's funny, man. I'm here in Albuquerque. You're talking about hot air balloons, and this is where the balloon fiesta happens. I had to say that. <laughs> so, so my point is that anybody could do this. We could go to the Albuquerque, you know, party. One of us, all we got to do is rent two balloons. One of us just has it fixed and just stays there for an hour. 
So we'll be able okay. to easily see how far and fast the Earth's rotation would take uh, the attached hot air balloon away from the unattached hot air balloon after each hour is up. Remember, we're spinning at a thousand miles per hour. So after one hour, you and me are going to be a thousand miles apart, give or take a little bit because of wind. But bro, I'm sorry, but that just doesn't sound real. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's insane. So, so, so I'm in the, I was in the blue one or the red one. Oh, it doesn't even matter. You're in the blue one, but it, I, it doesn't matter. But I'm in the one that's not anchored, tethered to the earth, right? Yeah. You just, so Alex is, so, so, so we, we, He's tethered to a hot air balloon. We launched at the same time, 12 o'clock noon precisely. You know, we let an hour pass by. It's one o'clock now. I'm in the blue hot air balloon that's not tethered to the earth. I should be a thousand miles away, man. That means I should be like somewhere over like, uh, I don't know what's a thousand miles away from New Mexico, but let's just say like uh, Alabama or, you know, wherever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and don't tell me, honestly, Liars, deceivers will say that gravity inertia, gravity or inertia will, or the atmosphere will bring you along for the ride with me. And that's just, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, dude. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. I'm sorry, it doesn't make sense. I, I'm the one that's made the decision to strap myself to the planet and let the Coriolis effect do its, do its thing. I'm, move, I'm flying a thousand miles per hour. You, after, after a minute, I'm 27 kilometers or whatever, 20 miles away from you. I'm Canadian, sorry. I got to switch back and forth. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, the, we, I got to understand that we have a, you guys go use the metric system there, huh? Yeah, but just think about that, everybody. Like after five hours, that's 5,000 miles. That's what they're claiming the, the distance traveled would be. 5,000 miles. Like if I drove, yeah, that that's, I mean, I can drive to Mexico as 5,000 miles and I'm up there. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's just, uh, I don't know. There's just something that just doesn't work. Now, I understand, like, you know, there's other things that we would have to to bring into this science experiment and think about atmospheric pressure or wind, obviously, I think would be a, a, an affecting factor, but whatever. But let's just, let, let, let's just theorize that it's a completely, you know, no wind, just earth spinning, you know, uh, earth spinning, you know, and uh, yeah, it's supposed to be 5,000 miles away from you in five hours. Like, yeah, because because you're independent you're you're independent of the, of the world you're you're like a bird you're up in the sky and you're you're doing your own thing you know you're not you're you're not attached to anybody you're you're just having a blast watching the world go by underneath you right that's what they're that's what they're claiming is happening yeah i don't know like so as far as this one goes just what i think i just think like like if you just thought like i don't i, I don't think it's normal to think about these things so that's why it's cool to bring them up and think about them but just like, like when I hear this, I'm just like, that's, it sounds ridiculous. And if it sounds ridiculous, maybe it's just because it is ridiculous and not true. Yeah, exactly. It's meant to sound, it's where does it sound ridiculous? Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, maybe we are on a non-rotating immovable plane. That's yeah. what we as flat earthers believe. Like we are on an immovable plane. Exactly. So are you ready for a silver bullet number four? Let's roll right into it. All right. I know you like this one a lot. So uh, I know you've talked about the vacuum of space and our atmosphere and how it requires a barrier. So as we climb uh, Mount Everest, we, we realize that there's less oxygen. You need, you need uh, to have oxygen assistance as we go higher in altitude. But pretending that we don't need an actual physical barrier 
in order to contain the air that we breathe from getting sucked into space, which is a vacuum. Like a vacuum will wow. will suck, you know, the oxygen and air it out of <laughs> our, our atmosphere, right? Uh, so put you know, your lips up to a vacuum cleaner hose and turn it on, and and uh, see if it doesn't suck your breath out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you think that this physical barrier would actually make more sense for the globe people? Because I mean, they want you to think that you're on this intense roller coaster flying through the cosmos. And the only way to really not feel that is to be like in an airplane, in to be in a like pressurized fuselage, right? Where you're going in a, in a direction, but you have to be in this pressurized system. So you'd think that they'd be all over, you know, having a, a physical barrier, but they don't, they don't believe that because then you can't escape. You can't get into outer space if there's a, a, a dome, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the firmament obviously was like the inspiration for the name of the show. And then of course, put a cool spin on it. And just like you, I had this epiphany for the name Firmamental. I just thought it sounded so cool. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's, this is one of the big ones for me. And, uh, that's what I tell people. I'm like, okay. Cause people be like, so what is the Firmament? Like, you know, what is that all about? And that's simply, it's just, it's just layman terms, man. I'm like, okay. So the earth is a pressurized system and space is a vacuum. How could you have a pressurized system next to a vacuum? There has to be a physical barrier between the two. That is the firmament. And if you believe biblically, God separated the waters, right? He said he separated the waters of heavens and earth. Earth retained its water and heaven retained its. To me, that's the firmament. That's why the sky is blue. That's why the celestial body, bodies twinkle. Because imagine if you were if shining a flashlight under, let's say we're in a boat on a lake, right? And, yep. and you're in scuba gear swimming underneath the boat and you're shining a flashlight underneath. What is it going to appear to me like? Like it's gonna look like it's twinkling and cascading and, and yeah, yeah. giving this pretty little like you know it's what I mean. Shimmering. It'll be and, and so that's yeah, it's shimmer. There you go. And so that's why I believe the celestial bodies are. This is me, you know, as a flat earther. I believe those celestial bodies that are behind the firmament. That's why they appear that way. Is because they're behind the waters of heaven. Okay, but like yeah, that's the firmament. But you know, the globers will say. Well, oh, bro, that's the Van Allen radiation belt. Okay, well, the Van Allen radiation belt. Well, and 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 have you looked up the temperatures for that, the conditions of that? And you're going to tell me that uh, these metals that make up these satellites can withstand those, those uh, the you oh, know yeah. that those Crazy. extremes. Like even the metals that they they that, that compose of these supposed satellites. We couldn't withstand those temperatures. They have melting points less than that actual degree. Yeah. So even that, it just doesn't make sense. I was telling you stories about how I was an electrician in northern uh, northern Canada near near the Arctic, and we were at minus ninety Fahrenheit. And I mean, you try and get things to work at minus ninety Fahrenheit, and what's the temperature on the moon? Probably like minus two hundred. Like there, none of their equipment would work. None none of their equipment can handle that kind of. Ratings like oh, bro, but they're talking on a phone to to Houston from outer space, bro. Right. Uh, I, I I just traveled to the other side of the mountain for church, you know, because I go to church just outside of town, and I like to to go to this quaint little church that I go to, and it's on the other side of the mountain, and I can't even make a call home until I start coming around the bend, you know. And but yeah. these guys, and this is what modern technology, and these guys back in what nineteen sixty, when did we land on the moon again? I'm sorry, I'm throwing a 
1968 or 1969 somewhere around yeah 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 so 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 way back then though they're able to make this 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 call back from the moon to houston and and to me honestly uh we'll have to dig up this video too there's an interesting video with a scientist back in the late 50s who theorized that the the moon wasn't even a solid object like we think of it as this rock right yeah and if we're caught this is another big one it just hit me right now how come the moon's face always looks the same? Like, if we're spinning and we're constantly moving, wouldn't the moon constantly moving too? Why do we only see one side of it? Oh, because it magic- you know what I mean? rotates at the exact same speed that we do. And we- no, no freaking way, no freaking way, not to me. You know, I've heard a theory though that the the, the moon is actually made of, of some sort of plasma, and that's really interesting. And if you look at it, you know, uh, like what is our eyeball made up of? Liquid. That's why when we die. We're left as as bones, right? Like your yeah. your eye is actually made up of water. If you look uh, if you look at the freaking moon and you look at it real closely, it looks like like veins in an eye almost, and like like corneas and styes. And I don't know, dude. It's just like to me, that's at least as a flat earther. That's the way I look at the moon, man. I look at it as this, you know. And and this is another thing I'll bring up. Like as flat earthers, we believe this: the sun is the positive charge. And you're an electrician, so you'll appreciate this. The sun is the positive charge and the moon is the negative. And that they're relative in size to one another. You know what I mean? And that oh, they're a sky clock. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, man. I just That popped in my head. Oh, yeah, no worries. I got... I to cut you off. I got some bonus stuff on the sun and the moon later, so... But... Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to blow... I don't want to blow my wad yet. Yeah, no worries. But uh, I was going to say that... Uh, you know, the the defense for the atmosphere and no firmament is that gravity keeps the oxygen near the earth. That's that that's their explanation. That's pretty sad though. Good old yeah, gravity. Good old good old gravity. Yeah, gravity's just the the explain it all, right? It's like if you can't figure something out, like, oh, it's just gravity. You know, and even Neil deGrasse himself said, We don't even really know what gravity is. We can't really explain it. You know why? Because <laughs> And I don't know if this is one of your silver bullets or not, but like, like to me, you know, like the laws of density and buoyancy, and I, I've talked about it, I think on a previous episode, George talks about it all the time. Of course, Flatter, Dave, a lot of these guys, density and buoyancy explains it. Yeah, I did explain it in one of my episodes. Now I remember, but uh, yeah, yeah. density and buoyancy and also electrostatic force. You know, why, yeah. why do lightning bolts get grounded? You're an electrician. Do you need a ground? Oh, you need a ground for sure. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that like, uh, they just rip shit off, man. They just rip shit off, and and then they they take it and they make it theirs. And what I think these occultists do, because they're all sun worshippers, go back and listen to listen to orchestrated lies. But um, you know, they come up. I I think what they do is they like Tesla said he called them out. He said they reverse engineer mathematics and these scientific equations. They come up with the answer. They already have the answer that they want. And then they right. come up with, how can we make this theory fit? Exactly. And that's where uh, it's important to know your numerology, the, the reasons for numbers. Um, that's something that you and I are probably both studying quite a bit right now. I'm reading the secret teachings of all ages, uh, of all the ages right now by Manly P. Hall. That's an interesting book. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, it's important to know the numerology and the significance behind a lot of this stuff. Well, just know that the occultists are heavily into that. And I'm not, see, I'm not a very mathematical, scientific-minded person. So this has been a, a challenging quest for me. I just go based off more of my senses. 
I'm a very, uh, I guess I'm more gifted in wordplay and like English and, and those would be my strong suits. And you seem to be a very scientific mathematical minded person. So that's what makes it pretty cool because I'm looking at it of a perspective. I just want to make it make sense to me, but right. you're able to look at it through this very mathematical way, but the, even, even not being, I mean, I know math good enough. Like I was able to, you know, I, I was a medic, so I had to learn, you know, dosage calculation. And I used to do sheet metal. I was a in sheet metal and I've worked construction in the past and even being a cook, you need to be able to measure things. You know, you don't want to put the wrong amount of a certain ingredient, you know, for sure. But, you uh, basically you know, that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the most mathematical person, you know, but uh, even as a, e- even as a dummy in mathematics, you know, I know math is the universal language. Like I can meet somebody who speaks a completely different language, but when we start writing numbers down and doing calculations, we can communicate with one another. Right. Yeah, for sure. You ready for the next one? Let's do it. All right, man. So uh, I want I want uh, everybody to have a, a chance or a link to the Gleason map. I mean, at least Google it and check it out. I actually bought one. I have it on, on my office wall, but it's, it's an important piece to uh, look at. Everybody's having globes and things like that. This map, after you, after you spend some time looking at it, it is incredible. So... Um, yeah, it is. And, and it's pretty cool. I actually, uh, we were FaceTiming the other day and you showed me your Gleason map on the scroll and everything. It's re- really cool. And what's funny, folks, I just got to add this. I don't mean to throw you under the bus, buddy, but uh, we were talking, I was talking with Alex and we sit up talking for a good while and we were FaceTiming each other. And uh, there's this beautiful, like all these portraits, of him and his family. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm taking this down and moving it. And I'm putting the Gleason's map right here. And I'm like, dude, you're moving the family photos to put the Gleason map up. And we had a good laugh about that. Yeah, I see. But, that. Uh, hey, and you, you also said something, man. Go look at your globe. You have a globe in your house. Go look at it, dude. It says not intended for educational purposes on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another weird one. So think about that too, folks. The Mercator map, uh, I mentioned it on the Flat Earth Files too. Um, the Merc- Mercator map is a gigantic lie. It basically paints the Northern Hemisphere as much, much bigger. And uh, the Southern Hemisphere is, it even has like uh, Greenland being almost the same size as South America, whereas South America is supposed to be, I think, nine times larger than Greenland. So uh, your Mercator maps, they're absolute trash. They're They're not intended for educational purposes whatsoever, other than to know where maybe a city is or, or where a country is roughly. Uh, but uh, what I wanted to get into was uh, like the flight t- flight paths and flight times. So this really um, shook me or, or short-circuited my mind, like uh, booking booking a flight from, you know, Santiago, uh, what is it, Santiago, Chile, to yep. uh, Sydney, Australia. Uh, that should be a, a pretty straightforward straightforward flight. But if you look at it on the Gleason map, you can actually see why why they go from Santiago, Chile to LAX to Japan and then to um, Sydney, Australia, because it's it's in a straight line. It's hard for me to explain on here, but if anybody is near a computer or on your phone, you know, just open up a Gleason's map on on Google, and then if you know geography well enough, you'll you'll be able to understand where Australia is, obviously, and then take a look at the southern tips of. Uh, um, Africa, which would be like South Africa, Johannesburg, or you know South America, which would be like Argentina. Chile's on the on the west side. I'm pretty good at geography. I'm I'm not a you know 
not an expert on it, but I'm I'm pretty good with all my countries and, and things like that. And you know, when you start trying to play around with Expedia or Skyscanner, try booking some of these flights and seeing where where they connect. And uh, it, it there's just like no direct flights. If, if there was a direct flight, it's almost like it, it's it's a fake just to 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 goof with you. But you know, uh, if you look at uh, Santiago, Chile to uh, Sydney, Australia, it should probably be like a, you know, 12, 15 hour flight. But meanwhile, it takes about 40 hours to get there. So, and, and it makes sense on a Gleason map. There are two complete opposite sides. So it's, it's really the furthest, furthest distance in a straight line that you can go on, you know, on a flat earth, on a flat earth map. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that row. Well, I, I, I know some about this, maybe not as much as you do, but the one thing that I know is like, I saw one. Um, it was Sydney, Australia to Johannesburg, South Africa, and they they have a layover in Saudi Arabia, I believe it was. And it's like, okay, so you're you're in the the flight industry, right? You're in, you're in it to make money. You know those those airline companies want to make money. Fuel is a premium. I mean, I just go gas up my Chevy Malibu, and I'm like, dang, I'm getting raped at the pumps. You know what I mean? Imagine yeah. how much a jetliner fuel costs. You're going to tell me that they're going to, they, they would, they would want to have the shortest pass so they can make, so their profit margins are, are sound, right? Right. Why the heck would you fly all the way up to Saudi Arabia traveling from, to go back down to Africa? Oh, you know, like you would, you would, you would just be lined, you know, in the straightest path and stop somewhere uh, along that straight path. You're not going to, you're not going to make like a part of a triangle. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and waste all this fuel. You want to make more money. Yeah. So why are you going to waste fuel traveling far north to go back down south? But if you look out in on a flat earth map, it, it makes sense. Sure. So that's pretty much all I got for that one. So uh, let's say you and me, we're, uh, we're visiting Claude in, uh, in Washington and we want to fly from Washington. We, you and me want to go catch a Knicks game. We want to fly to New York. So we know that the globe spins from west to east at a thousand miles per hour. We've already established this, right? You're with me, yeah. right? So you and me, yeah, I'm with you. We're all gonna go catch a Knicks game, even though I don't like the Knicks. But you know, I'm I'm humoring you guys. And uh, hey, they all right. I'm a Suns fan, but uh, you know what? The <laughs> Knicks are cool. Poor Knicks. They haven't done any since anything since the '60s. So poor guys. Yeah. But you think like us flying from like you know like Seattle Airport to uh, you know New York with a thousand mile per hour uh, spinning of the globe underneath us, like, and the, and the plane is flying at 500 miles per hour. That's like 1500 miles per hour. Like if we add, you know, our vectors together, like, you know, we're, we're really flying fast. And then obviously the opposite on the way back, like we're, we're fighting this thousand mile per hour. How come we never, uh, how come we never talk about that? Like it, it really is that simple. The reason for the delays or, or for slower going, uh, east to west or west to east has everything to do with wind it has nothing to do you know if you're if you're going to a into a headwind they're going to try and find the right height like the right altitude they're going to try and find the right speed to maximize their profits and not burn as much fuel as possible that's the only reason if they get a good tailwind they can kick it up a notch get you to about 700 miles per hour but it has nothing to do with the earth spinning underneath you you are completely independent of the earth's rotation, just like we were with the hot air balloon. And, um, not enough people are talking about this and not enough people are questioning this. 
And I want to really emphasize this. Yeah, uh, I got something to add to that too. So, and this is the way I look at it with my simpleton mind. But uh, you're flying from uh, which way do they say the Earth spins? Right, it spins west, uh, west to east, eastward, west, west to east, west to east. So, so if you're flying from Washington to New York, the the ground's moving underneath you towards you. So you should get to your destination a lot faster. Vice versa. Why are the flights the same amount of time? What no matter what direction you're flying, like roughly, like give or take, you know, a little bit, a little bit, a few minutes here or there, but you know, they're roughly the same amount of time, you know? So let's say, I don't, and I don't know the, the amount of time a flight would take from Seattle to New York, but let's say three hours, they say, okay, well, why is it three hours going there and, and then three hours coming back? Like the, the flight time should be cut in half when you're flying the opposite way, New York back to Washington, right? Exactly. And I think, and nobody talks about like, Let's let's picture the, the Earth as like a river, and we're let's say we're taking a north to south flight. Have you ever like you know gone in the river and then the current tries to take you away, but you, and then you end up yeah, on yeah. the side of the shore like you, you know you're kind of on the hypotenuse. You're not like straight across. You're you kind of got shifted over to the side. Well, think think about that. If you take a you know if I'm going to take a flight from you know where I am in Canada to to where you are, you know the the pilot's got to basically go you know towards california to make up for the fact that the earth is going to be like spinning over there you know by the time he gets there right like think of, it's it's really that's yeah 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 so 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 george actually in in my episode on episode 52 on flat earth files uh because i i brought up the east to west thing and george brought up precisely what you're bringing and i think he if uh, it uh if i'm not exactly right you can go back and listen to that episode but uh i believe he said detroit michigan to mississippi which pretty much i think line up north and south of one another and he said that you just you just shoot straight down or you shoot straight up if, if the earth was constantly moving underneath you while you're traveling north to south and and the the globe's constantly spinning you, they would constantly be having to tilt their wings to adjust for the 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 amount of spin that the ball's having yeah exactly and i i was thinking about this too with the moon like think about how far the moon is and how fast things are going like you would have to shoot the rocket to where it's supposed to be at that moment not like you know what i mean like you're you're trying to hit the bird with a randy johnson pitch and it's, <laughs> it's moving right like we were joking about yeah this miraculous thing but think about that if you're flying to the moon and the earth's moving and the moon's moving and the sun's moving like you need to calculate way ahead of time like if it's going to take 70 something hours at 18,000 miles per hour. That's how fast they're flying to the moon. You you have to aim for where the moon will be at that point, not where the moon is right now in the sky. Yeah, dude, that's a great point, man. That's a good one. So, yeah, I mean, th think about this. Like, I mean, we're rattling people's cages right now with, with, with just these simpleton type topics that nobody wants to talk about, right? Like, oh, what does it all matter? That's to me, that's like the bonus. Like, oh, what does it all matter? But this stuff matters. Like we're living like, oh, bro, right now, dude, you're King Kong in a dog kennel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. So I got my, I got hey, my so, shot for you here. There you go. And we're just going to wrap it up with something super simple. And then I want you to hit me with some of yours because I know that you got some bonus, but you know, I'm like, just going to add one. I'm going to add one. But, okay. uh, I want your last one and I'll give, I'll give you one from my, from my perspective All right. that you haven't brought up yet. So this one's like super simple. Like I just want everybody to realize that, you know, our senses can be fooled, 
But when we add up all five of our senses and we start thinking critically, um, you know, we're a lot harder to be fooled. And, uh, you know, I just want you to spend some time outside every day, just looking up at the sky, like up is up and down is down. The sun and the moon, they're roughly the same size in the sky. And they're not millions of miles in outer space. Like, look at that. Look at the sun right now, if you can. The sun is in the blue sky. Like, you can see it. It's not, you know, it's not in some miraculous galaxy, like, floating around. Like, it's right there. And the moon is right there. Like, some mornings, I can see the moon and the sun in the sky. Like, that's not a lie. That's not an optical illusion. Like, that's, I'm, I'm witnessing this. Other people are witnessing this. So, you know, like. Like realizing that the earth is flat now, I realize like it's the equivalent uh, of like finding out that Santa is not real when you're five or six. Like it's, it's shocking. Like I was 40, I was 44 years old when it was like, holy crap, Eddie Bravo forced me to try and prove that he's an idiot. And wow, I was an idiot for so long. Not that we're idiots. We were all deceived. You know, we were deceived for quite a long time and it it's hard to be humble and be like, wow, like these professors or whatever, they're just repeating lies. They they might not even be lying to you on purpose, right? Like they're they're just going along with whatever they were taught. So, you know, like I I, I look at it as these uh these guys are all in a circle jerk. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just uh just uh you know, topping each other off, you know. No, yeah, just, like, that's a joke, folks. You know, but like, you know, and it's funny, I kinda wanted to <laughs> You know, even Santa, like you, you talked about, like you know, you're a little kid, and then you finally find out like Santa's not real, and then you go back and you you look at the, you know, the the handwriting, and you realize Santa's handwriting is the same as your mom or dad's, you know, yeah, and but uh, and, and Santa, the whole thing is funny too, right? Uh, is an anagram for the word Satan, right? You know, I just wanted to bring that up, you know, but just like you said, and th- this is my perspective on 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 the topic of the sun and the moon. Right. So, and it's funny. And this is like George always says this uh, on his show, but he says, flat earth people know more about the heliocentric model than, than people that just believe in the globe know, you know, and they don't take the time to actually really think and look at these things. You just read a book, you gloss through it and boom, that's it. It's, it's been, it's said and done. No, go look at it. It's ridiculous. Like the sun is 93 million miles away and the, and the moon is 237,000 miles away. But when you look at them in the sky, they just happen to be relative in size to one another. You know that astronomical mathematically mathematic chances of that. Like there's just, I mean, I understand there's infinity. It can go till infinity, which is beyond our comprehension. And to me, that that to me that's God, you know. But to think that these two celestial bodies just happen to appear to us and be I mean, depending on the season and the time of year and, you know, what month you're in and whatever. And, uh, you know, but go look what I, what I want to post to, to the link to this show is go look at how the seasons work on a flat earth map. It makes sense. Like, uh, I think it's the winter. It has a, a, a lot longer outer rotation, right? Right. And then when we get to the summer, the, when we get to the hotter in the, in, in the summer, it comes inwardly, you know, and it's, and it's closer the, the, the rotation is a shorter rotation. It makes a lot you know, of the days are hotter map with the equator. Tropic- yeah, it, it, it really does. It really makes a lot more sense. It really makes a lot more sense. So I want to post a video to that. And that's pretty much all I got on that one, but that's pretty much all you need on that one, folks. Like, just think about that. Yeah. So like, so going back to my point though, like your, your parents, 
were innocent. They were trying to keep things magical for you in this scenario. But in the case of geocentrism or the biblical earth, there, there's actually a lot of bad people trying to keep you from how amazing you are and everything in the world really is. Like everything that you knew for a fact that like if you knew for a fact that God was real and he created everything and uh, like wouldn't wouldn't you live your world like wouldn't you live your life like completely differently? Like if you knew like I mean some people have faith but after all of this like I was a believer but now I know like I don't need to be a believer anymore. I, I'm a knower like I know these things to amen i know these things to be true and man that's that's incredible like we, you and me were talking about how many people live in fear now and how that's a sin to live in fear it's like and i don't live in fear at all anymore because of, of what i know and just i hope that i shook a few people up to to realize that you don't have to live in fear either like this knowledge is powerful and that's why they try and keep it from us mm, exactly knowledge is powerful and that's why these secret societies who worship who? The Son, S-U-N, not the S-O-N, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. They re they worship the Son, which they call, they re always reference uh, Lucifer as the light bearer, the morning, morning star. Uh, go back and look at Egyptian mysticism. Go back and look at the, go, go research. Well, I, I'm not pushing people to go research the occult because it's not for everybody. And, and, and for me, you really should be uh, spiritually cleansed before you read some of these their writings because you can be influenced by them if you don't have but if you go into it with the mindset like hey i'm going in i just want to understand this i'm not immersing myself in this i just want to see what they have to say like go ahead go for that ride i've done it but uh you're completely right and it is all about fear and that you're that's why flat earth is so liberating right that's why i've i've it's same thing it's only further concreted my faith you know and i thought i had strong faith before like you said I love how you said it. I'm not just a believer. I'm a knower. And if people could understand this, like, yeah, like you said, it is beautiful. Like you don't, ha we don't have to be on the spinning cosmos and Star Trek and Star Wars have to be real. Like you could be a flat earther and think that there's a pond and a pond and a pond and a pond and a pond. You can think like, oh, we're divinely created. We're inside this terrarium dome and God specifically created us to, to have communion and relationships with us, but he gave us free will. And it's just like, it is miraculous and it's beautiful and it's and it and 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 if people knew like look we're not going to be slammed by some giant meteor that's going to slam into earth and take us all out you know and i don't want to get into the whole dinosaur thing but uh go look at eric debay's uh dinosaur discussion those will start blowing your mind too but uh you know i think some of these remnants of giants or these other creatures could be stuff before genesis you know the genesis fix phenomenon i'm really looking forward to george hobbs episode that he's coming out about that but uh yeah man it's 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 beautiful man uh we're not you know I, this is just me speaking now this is strictly but uh look i don't think that we're gonna have extraterrestrials invade us from some faraway galaxy like i used to buy this ancient astronaut you know theory and what i used to be addicted to ancient aliens and you know the planet x this hidden planet that's going to come back into our rotation now that it's been the uh, 3,500 years and this planet's coming back into orbit with our planet and these enlightened creatures are going to travel from there and come back and you know we're going to be invaded by extraterrestrials that's to me that's what part of the reason why they're doing all this this stuff they're leading us to this grand deception they want they need to have an excuse to have a space agency like NASA I mean, for God's sake, these these people have a $70 million budget, folks, a daily 
budget of 70, 70 million dollars a day. What are they doing with that money? <laughs> Tell me one thing that you yourself that's sitting at home right now or at work, you know, swinging that hammer or dropping that IV on somebody or mopping that floor, whatever it is that you're doing, folks, think about this. NASA gets $70 million a day. What have they done with that money? Like we could be feeding the poor. We could be fixing, like we could be working on mental health. We could be, you know, beautifying our roads and our, in our state parks and like doing like great things and, and, uh, working on our social justice system and, you know, but no, we're just, I, I don't know. It's just yeah. asinine to me, you know? I, I'm with you. They always got money for, for the ridiculous stuff. But meanwhile, our healthcare is crumbling and, uh, you know, there's homeless people like California is a total disaster. Uh, like we're in Vancouver is a total disaster. Like, no, we live in an amazing place. Like nobody should be suffering. Seriously. We talk about like medical system, like cancer, cancer should not even be a thing. You know, uh, Terry Fox, he was a Canadian hero. He had one leg and he was running on a, you know, he, I think he ran like, you know, 26 miles a day. He did a, he did a marathon a day for like 150 days in a row. He got halfway through Canada and then his lung cancer came back, but he, he raised, he, his foundation has raised billions. Wow, I don't know about that story. Yeah. Well, he's like a childhood hero. He's a Canadian hero. Like he's one of the most incredible people. Like can you, I, I can't even imagine a healthy person running a marathon every day. He ran a marathon every wow. day on one leg to try and raise enough money to cure cancer. And he's, he's rolling in his grave right now because they're profiting off this, off this disaster. Like they want people to have as much cancer as possible because it, it feeds well, them. Like, like it's, it's part of the economy now. It's, 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 it's awful. Yeah. Yeah, we could go down a whole rabbit hole with that. I do want to uh, also talk about, shout out to my friend Devin from California, by the way, who's in the belly of the beast fighting the battle and uh, burying a torch in a dark place. You know, sometimes we're called to be torch bearers in the cave, you know, and I have a buddy, dude, and that's another episode. You know, I don't want Firmamental just to be about the flat earth. Like we're going to talk about all kinds of things down the line. And uh, I do plan on doing an episode with my buddy and he's been talking to me about how our food is poisoning us how it's making the stick. So for instance, like we're going to compare, like what's the difference between eating grass fed beef and corn fed beef look like beef, like cows weren't meant to eat corn. They're, they're meant to eat, graze on grass. So there literally is a difference between the meats that you're buying and all the preservatives that they're putting in our food. And he blew my mind telling me something about sauerkraut and the way that they make sauerkraut over the shelf. And when you have vitamin C, it turns it into this chemical compound that causes cancer. And I was like, what? And he's like, do you know what's in it's in sauerkraut and i was like no and uh without going down the rabbit hole he's like just basically like uh salt and it and, and it's like it, it's this own fermentation process so i was like oh i thought it was like vinegar or all this stuff and he's like no nah. he's like see so people are so uneducated about what they're eating yeah. he's like so i want to have a discussion with this guy just talking about like even the things we consume whether it's mentally or physically they affect us you know and and this is the state of our world that we live in let's just be in let's live in reality folks and let's know they're not only poisoning our minds, they're poisoning our souls with, uh, you know, we, we live in an immoral world where, you know, what was once uh, taboo is now celebrated and everything that was once sacred is now taboo, you know? And, the, and that's why, to me, the Bible's real because it prophesies these things and that it says what's, what was once bad will now be considered good and what's good will now be considered bad, you know, in a roundabout way. 
And it is, this is why this is so important, folks. Because if you can uh, just crack that door open, you know, maybe you could just walk through it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, I think the last thing for me to add would be like, they're not, there's so many people not telling the truth. And I mean, you don't have to take our word for it either. I mean, look, look around, look at what's been going on over the last how many years. The media is just full of lies. They're backtracking now. Oh, we never made you get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. We didn't say these things. That's the beauty of the internet though. Like we're keeping receipts. Uh, We know, Mm -hmm. we know that these people are lying. We know that, uh, I mean, like take it back to here. I was like, one of my lies that I love to, you know, just to educate people on is, so this, the, the center of the globe earth is 4,000 miles, like it's 4,000 miles below our surface to get to the globe earth. But really we've only dug down what, eight miles in Russia. That's the furthest. So yeah. you have scientists telling us what's at the center uh, of the world. They're what, 3,992 miles away from actually, you know, physically yeah. knowing or seeing or like they haven't mined that far. They haven't, there's no core samples to tell us what's at the center. Um, my daughter came home and she told me that they were teaching her about what's at the, what, what, uh, materials or, or what's at the center of the sun, what makes up the center of the sun. I'm like, how the hell do they know what's at the center of the sun? Like nobody, yeah. nobody's been there. Nobody, nobody's seen that. Like, what did they go to the sun at night and drill on the backside of the sun? Like, come on guys. Like th- that's yeah, really how I mean, stupid it is. Like it's, it's basically a joke at this point, like going to the sun at night so you can find out what, what's at the center of it. Yeah, no, that's the, that, that's the whole thing, man. Just start to think about these things folks and start to entertain some of these thoughts. Yeah. So I know that, uh, to just to get back on track is we could, I mean, man, me and you are so passionate about this stuff and so passionate about the truth and waking people up. But, uh, you know, I know you did also just. I know, I think you mentioned that you wanted to show like, what, what, what do they say are their silver bullets? What, what do they have in their chambers to shoot at us? And let's, and and let's break them down and look at them and see what they're telling us. Okay, man. I was going to say like, if you want to make a second episode or if you're happy with this one, we're good. But if you want to keep going, well, we can skim over a few. And I I think that now, how far, how far, how how long we've been going? We've been about an hour. We've been about an hour. Oh, no, I'm. Let's go. Let's go, man. We got an hour left, man. Well, we could do a two hour banger. Oh, you know what? I did want to add something though. Uh, you know, I wanted to do one silver bullet of mine for the flatter. Oh yeah. I hit him. Yeah. So I just, you know, and at least this for me, this is a big one for me is, uh, when I found out that flight manuals, NASA's training manuals, um, you know, they all talk about landing on a flat, non-rotating surface. When you look at mariners, sea captains, navigators of the sea, they use a flat earth model, a flat earth map. Um, when you talk about architects that build long suspension bridges or rail systems that run for long distances, uh, you know, they... They don't calculate for the curvature of the earth, you know, that would be pretty important, you know, no, they, they treat it like it's on a level plane, you know, and, uh, if Mariners, if you were, if you were a sea captain and you were navigating the high seas, wouldn't you want to use the model that was the 
the actual one. Why are they using a flat earth map? You know? They and Gleason's why is net <laughs> Yeah, they use a Gleason's map. And why is NASA and you know our aviation institutions when they go to training to become a pilot talking in their training manual saying landing on a flat non-rotating surface you know it's you 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 practice how you play folks and and they know the truth and they're hiding it from us that's just i just wanted to bring that one up yeah for sure um so i i I was telling you before the show uh that i specialize in search engine optimization like this this is a field that i'm in i've been doing it for the last four years with my wife and our business and so what you know, my, my goal when I create websites with my wife is, you know, we want our, our clients' websites to rank number one because it's the, you know, the most uh, trusted source for information, right? So what I did was I went into Google. That's my little segue into Google. Uh, I, I typed in, you know, top top five globe proofs. And, to you know, basically uh, as a counter to my you know, silver bullets that, you know, I wanted to make you think. I never said that mine were proofs, but, you know, we can start to see the the connections, right, to towards, you know, what's the truth and what's the lie. So, but these specifically. Yeah, let's put the evidence on the scale and weigh out, you know, weigh it out, the scales so, of justice. So, popularscience.com, it's popsci.com slash 10 ways you can prove Earth is round. So, they are going to prove to us that Earth is round in 10 ways and you know we don't have to do all 10 but we can like pick and choose some of our faves here and we can we can even put the link in for the audience so they can you know go and see this this is the number one most trusted way to prove that the earth is round like this is what they're hitting you with and i can confirm according to the globers yeah into i mean we were all globers at one point we're we're low believers so um, I, I think this is one of my favorites, like uh, Flat Earth Dave, when he hit me with this, uh, you know, following the ships on the horizon. And you and I were talking about this. Uh, so if, so I'll, I'll read word for word what, what it says here in the, in the article to prove that the Earth is round. So if you've been next to a port lately or just strolled down a beach or stared vacantly into the horizon, you might have noticed a very interesting phenomenon that approaching ships do not just appear out of the horizon like they should have if the world was flat but rather seem to emerge from beneath the sea. But you can, but you say ships do not submerge and rise up again as they approach from view. The reason ships appear as if they emerge from the waves is because the world is not flat. It's round. Imagine an ant walking blah, blah, blah. Okay, so let's, let's chop this up here. You want to go first? Well, you know, all I know is that there's a uh, high definition cameras with lenses that can focus at extremely long distances and they have shown ships or even um well ships but i forgot what they call those offshore oil rigs or whatever you know and they they, they line up yeah you know so uh but they they have ones that you you know people were physically standing there on the shore you know I mean, basically, it comes down to the law of perspective, right? Like using a telescope, yes, yes. You, you can bring you can bring something back into into your vision. Your your eyes can only go so far. Like that's that's what they don't real. That's what they don't tell you in the fine print is your eyes can only see yeah. so far, especially with the atmosphere. And but when you have the help of telescopes and binoculars, and now all of a sudden you can see ten times 
you know, 30 times farther, all of a sudden you're bringing that ship back into focus. Like that, that ship didn't go over the, over the curve. It just, you know, exceeded the point of your vision. Exactly. That's exactly that. And that's pretty much all I got for that. You know what I mean? But I mean, that's really all that you need to know is like, yes, it is. Listen, our senses have a limit on their capability. You know, our theory has a limit on its capability. I think there's things in nature that, uh, you know, they say whales in the ocean can communicate over these thousands of miles I've heard, right? You know, or hey, hundreds of miles at least. Sold yeah, sonar, you know, the, the, you know uh, the, the, elephants, el- elephants produce a subsonic sound that human ears can't detect, you yeah. know, but they communicate with each other over vast distances of, of mileage or kilometers, you know, well, and, uh, you know, and, and there, there's phenomenon in nature, but I think even our human senses, we have a limitation on our physical capabilities, but now with technology, we can we can see beyond those capabilities. And one of the, the, the capabilities is, are, are these high definition, you know, zoom lenses and they can bring things that have visibly disappeared with your physical limitations, with your eyes, and they can bring them back in at distances that don't match up with their supposed math or Copernicans curvature of the earth. Right. So uh, for everybody out there, like the, the curvature is eight inches per mile squared. So over like over a, over a mile, you know, you should have an eight inch drop and then two miles is like 16 and you know, so on and so forth. You can look at the calculations, but these, this is something that they don't want you to know, or they don't, you know, openly advertise because we can see too far now back in the old days, maybe they couldn't see this far or people just didn't, you know, care to listen. And most people don't care to listen now, but you know, after a mile or two, after five miles, you should physically be able to see with your eyes that there there is curvature happening and that is not. So it's it's a really important thing to to bring up. And this this <laughs> excuse me, this is their number one silver bullet is this ship going over the curve of the water. So that's important to note that that's their number one proof. And in like what two minutes, you and me just you know disproved it. That's their number one proof. Well, you know I. I think what I'm going to do with that one, and we can move on to the next, but I'm going to pull out my giant void stamp and just slap a big red void on that. Exactly. So their number one proof has just been debunked by two guys on a podcast in two, in two minutes. Like, how sad is that? The number, <laughs> the number two, conducting a stick test. This is, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit derogatory here, but Globies, they love- I've never, I've never, I've never heard this one, so- are, like, I'm not versed on this one, so you'll have to yeah have to cue me in on this. This is, this is their probably second silver bullet. It's so ridiculous. Like so, okay, I'll read it. If you stick, excuse me, folks, it's allergy season out here in New Mexico, man. I'm gonna blow my nose real quick. So if you <laughs> no, so this is a quote. If you stick a stick in the sticky ground, it will produce a shadow. The shadow moves as time passes. This is how shadow clocks work. If the world had been flat, then two sticks in different locations would produce the same shadow, but they don't. This again is because the earth is round and not flat. This 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 is their silver silver bullet that the stick in the sticky ground will produce a shadow. So, I mean, we can break we can break this down and I I said uh, earlier that they basically uh, combine lies upon lies to come up with their lie of a conclusion. So they're assuming that the sun is 93 million miles away as per their calculations. Um, 
they're assuming that we're, you know, on a ball. They're assuming that the, that the earth is rotating around the sun. And, you know, they basically combine all these lies to come up with, you know, uh, what is it? What does it say here? The two, the two sticks. They have different shadows. Have different shadows. It's so ridiculous. It's just unbelievable. You, you know what? That to me just even sounds weird and fishy. And I have to look into this one a little bit more. But yeah. I hear you use the word assume, and like you said, I think that's the way they they they're able. So they're able to pull this off with their magic with a K, right? So that's if if so they're looking at this from the perspective that the world's round already that the sun is 93 right. million miles away it's causing all this phenomenon and they can come up with this backward explanation for why it's casting two different shadows exactly uh, like as far as from our perspective in flat earth like i think they're they they they're thinking that we just assume all these things exist so but i've i've, I've heard this great um quote that I, I like to use and it's called when you assume you make an ass out of you and me exactly <laughs> So what, what they could do is, is it's to humor us and that's to assume that we have a local sun to assume that we live on a flat stationary plane and that the sun is moving. They can, and, and then run the same exact experiment, like, you know, let's say 200 miles apart and then see if they come to the same conclusion, you know, at least make it apples to apples, not apples to oranges. Right. That's all. That's okay. all. That's a great point, man. And I, I'll take that one because, you know, that that's one that I haven't really heard from their behalf. So kind of my first time hearing it. So like, I don't really have too much on that one. Okay. Well, um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to think I'll, I'm going to challenge you to look into this one and then hit me back because I, I know you're going to love it. Like once you start digging into it, it's been a while since I played it, played with that experiment. And but I just remember listening to the lies upon lies. I'm like, OK, well, you're not you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing apples to oranges. So. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. So right. here's another one of theirs, uh, climbing a mountain. I know that you're going to love this one because you and me are in high elevation places. So standing on a flat plateau, if you look ahead towards the horizon, you strain your eyes, then take out your favorite binoculars and stare through them as far as your eyes can see through the atmosphere. And, you know, as far as the law of perspective. Next, climb up to the closest tree. The higher, the better. Just be careful not to drop those binoculars and break the lenses. Then look again. Strain your eyes and stare through the horizon. The higher up you climb, the farther you will see. Usually, we tend to relate this to er earthly obstacles, like the fact we have houses or other trees obstructing our vision on the ground. And climbing upwards, we have a clear view. But that's not the true reason. Even if you stood on a completely clear plateau with no obstacles between you and the horizon, you would see much farther from the greater height than you would on the ground. This phenomenon is caused by the curvature of the earth as well wow. and would not happen if the earth was flat. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, wow. I, I don't even know. I just don't even know what to say. Like, the stupidity is just... I, I don't even know how to chop that one up because I'm kind of speechless. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I got you, man. Just while you were saying that, I already was like, okay, man, I got you. Okay, so I live in New Mexico. I live in Albuquerque. My family owns land in northern New Mexico, and there's this place uh, near my family's uh, land, and it's called uh, Johnson's Mesa. And forgive me if I don't get it exactly right, but I want to say it's roughly 12,000 feet in elevation. And there's this point that you could pretty much just drive your vehicle up to and you can get out and walk to the rocky edge of this of this uh 
a high mesa, but it's basically a mountain, but it's a high mesa plateau or whatever, you know, 12,000 feet. And I stood up there. I mean, I'm talking about no binoculars, dude. No binoculars, son. Just with my own eyes. And I've looked and you can see towns that are like, you could, I mean, obviously they don't, I can't see detail, but you could see like that there's something way out there, you know, way out of the, your normal field of vision. Right. And not to mention that, like if there's a curvature of the earth, it's a ball, right? It's not just curving one direction, it's curving on all sides, right? Right. So why does the, why does the horizon look perfectly flat? Like right. when I'm looking straight forward and on the right and left, it looks flat too. You know what I mean? Like straight. It's a, it makes a straight, the, the horizon, that's just it. It's the horizon. It's horizontal. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we, but like, uh, dude, there's this, I think, I think, I, I think there's this place, uh, I think it's the town of Santa Rosa and, and, and forgive me, I, I may not know exactly, but I want to say it's like an hour and a half to, to a two hour ride to travel to this town. Dude, you can like see it from the top of Johnson's Mesa. Right, and uh, if the Earth was curved at the uh, amount of distance, and I, I, I want to say that it's probably like ninety miles from from Johnson's Mesa, if you drove to Santa Rosa, at ninety miles, according to their math, how much is the Earth curved? It's uh, one. They'd be hidden by one mile of curvature. That's how far off they'd be dropped. So they're down a mile. Right. From from my perspective, I'm sorry. Just because I'm standing on a mountain at twelve thousand feet doesn't mean I'm going to be able to see a town. That's supposed to be a mile on the other side of the globe. That's stupid. Well, think about it this way too. You're on the top of this mountain and you're looking out and you should actually see like this diagonally back facing town. Like it should be like leaning diagonally backwards because it's like on this crazy curvature, right? Like what have you ever seen like a diagonal leaning? Like have you ever driven to like to Chicago and seen like the, all the, uh, all the skyscrapers leaning backwards because of the you know, curvature of the earth because you were 200 miles away, 100 miles away, but you can still see it on a clear day. Like, it's crazy. The stuff- Bro, this just hit me just now when you were saying that, dude. How about when you're in an airplane and you're looking out your window and all you see is this flat level horizon going on forever and ever and ever when you're at this super high distance and you're supposed to now have this new perspective of the ball and you would see these cities sitting at an angle. Yeah, and curving like away from you and curving away from you. It's crazy. Dude, that just this just hit me just now. I just had an epiphany during the show. Right? Wow. Right? We're dropping bombs here. There you go. Oh man. Okay. I think we can I think we I think we just, just I think we just Hulk smashed that one with a with a hammer fist. Let's move on to the next one. All right, man. Okay, so check this out. And this made me laugh too. It said scope out other planets, mic drop. Like look look at other That's planets. What they said? Yeah, that's what proves the Earth is round by looking at other planets. And they said mic drop. They're just like, look at other planets, mic drop. Well, they probably you said that. I, I probably deleted the 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 gift that they put in there, but it was probably like, oh, scope out other planets, boom, nailed it. Like seriously, oh, wow, so that's for science. Celestial bodies that exist in the cosmos. Like, I'm sorry, but uh, at least least for me, you know, and I'm looking at this from a biblical perspective, and I'm and. Yes, there are celestial bodies that exist, and just because they're round doesn't mean that 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 we're round. Now, 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 granted, if we live in a cup, and there's a firm, and and, and this is just me speaking, okay, folks, so don't so don't uh, don't kill the messenger. But uh, if if we're in a cup, and there's a firmament around us, and 
which is like a half bubble right now, right? Because right. there's this the 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 oceans of the wa- the waters of the ocean, and there's the terrain, and of course, obviously, I, I flat Earth, but there's there's terrain, right? There's mountains, there's hills, there's valleys, there's plateaus, there's you know these beautiful landscapes that just like you said, they come up above the level of the water, and then there's this ice wall, but there's this firmament that comes down and it makes like a half bubble, right? But we've only been eight miles below us right and even in the water we can only go so far down like we don't know like maybe there's another barrier um, uh, um beneath us and it's a bubble like a bubble terrarium or something like i don't know we're all theorizing here they're theorizing folks they're speculating they're coming up with this stuff why can't we come up with stuff too why can't we entertain thought like like you said if the earth was supposedly round well which i don't think it is but maybe maybe it is maybe i'm wrong but i don't think so i just i'm letting my eyes and my senses speak to me and i'm i'm looking at things and this is why i don't buy it anymore i'm sorry i just don't you know and i don't believe what they tell us so i'm gonna keep looking i'm gonna keep looking but i don't claim to be a know-it-all either but uh you know we can only go eight miles down you know but but somehow they know it's at the core of the earth and you know so so now they're saying that's looking down and we don't even know. Like, I don't even want to get into the Titanic sub and all this stuff. Dude, you can only go de- so far down in the ocean and like, we can't even make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we implode and we blow up and like, we don't even know what's at the depths of our own seas, yeah. you know, in its deepest parts, you know, let alone the core of the rock of the earth. And they're speculating what's at the center of the sun and all this stuff. Like, and, and that's just like, I don't know, like to think just because you look at something in the in the sky and it appears round, just like we have optical illusions, you know, of like perspective when we're here on this level plane was to make you think that 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 the reflection beyond the the firmament is a causing that that visual phenomenon or whatever. Like I could just come up with stuff, too. But just just because you can stay like, oh, dude, I can look at this planet from my telescope on Earth and and stare at it in the sky and it's moving it means that uh the earth is round boom mic drop like i'm sorry that's stupid it's ridiculous like the sky clock could be another explanation mic drop you know what i mean like i don't do that i'm just say oh yeah look at the sky clock mic drop you know what i mean like right. so for them to to be so arrogant to do that is just insulting to my intelligence and who i am <laughs> i don't know i just i i got all offended by that but uh oh man know, I, I got you fired up on that one Got you fired up it's on that. <laughs> you it sounds dumb. It's just and that one just sounded dumb. Oh man, I got you cooking on that one. Okay, well here we go. Are you ready for the next one? Feel, feeling the pull of gravity. So here, here's the interesting thing. Uh, interesting fact about mass: it attracts things to it. The force of attraction of gravity between two objects depends on their mass and the distance between them. Simply said. Gravity will pull toward the center of mass of the objects. To find the center of mass, you have to examine the object. And I'm just going to um, quickly counter to how many times weaker is gravity than electromagnetism. Electromagnetism is the force we know best. It is 10 to the 36th power stronger than gravity, except when it gets to, you know, this crazy um um whatchamacallit oh man i'm losing my my track here 
um, planetary levels, when it gets to planetary levels, uh, gravity all of a sudden switches on and becomes uh, way more way more powerful. Okay, so 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 they talk about something with mass with a lot of mass will attract something with smaller mass to it. That's what they're saying, right? Yeah, that's correct. And I'm just saying that. Okay, so so they're assuming that Earth's that the that that see they claim to know what's at the Earth's core. So for gravity to work, they have to know what's at the Earth's core because it holds the mass of the of the Earth is inside its core because it's being sucked by this thing they call gravity. When Neil deGrasse Tyson, their their the yeah the gravitron, their poster boy like Neil deGrasse Tyson, go look up the video, folks. He said it himself. He said we can't even explain what gravity is. We don't even really know what it is. Well, let me tell you, folks, as a flat earther. I believe in the laws of density and buoyancy and think if we live in a cup and think about density and buoyancy, go back and listen to, I think it was on my Antarctic episode. I talk about this, you know, oh no, no, no. It was orchestrated lies. But anyways, you know, uh, flat earth, Dave said this, I'm going to repeat it again though. Like you have a, you have, you're sitting over a pool of water and you're, you're holding your arm out above it and you have a golf ball or a rock, let's say a golf ball, a ping pong ball and a helium balloon. You let them all go at the same time. The golf ball drops the fastest. The ping pong ball drops next. The 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 golf ball drops to the bottom of the pool. The ping pong ball ping pong ball floats on the pool, and the helium bo- balloon rises into the air. Okay, that's density and buoyancy, folks. You know, and same thing like we were we kind of touched on it earlier, like uh, electrostatic force. Like, I think gravity is just this perversion and ripoff of electrostatic force, which is actually a law, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I think gravity is still a theory. It's still a theory. So, like, they want us to believe because we're believing in all this other phenomenon and the spinning rotation and all this uh, crazy mathematics and the distances of everything. And they claim to know what's at the center of everything. Like, dude, I'm sorry, but they don't know those things. It's They're speculating, too. Why? Because they went to an Ivy League institution and they wear a white lab coat. You know, like they're above your actual physical senses. Well, like, even at the subatomic level, the po- po- like, you know the protons and the neutrons. It's a positive negative charge. They're you know they're rotating around. Like it's all it's all magnetism at that point at the subatomic level. It's not gravity. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's the way I look at it. I mean, yeah. like they have their explanation, but we have ours. You know. Yeah, so you want to hear something? You want to hear something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so here's where the deception comes in in the in this article, and I mentioned it on um, the Flat Earth Files, and I actually found it here. This is where this is where they combine lies. Like you remember on my one of the previous um, examples where they were combining, you know, uh, assumptions to make the apple and the orange, right? So here here's another one. So we're talking about gravity. So consider a flat plane with gravity. So here they're saying the center mass of a flat plane is in its center. So the force of gravity will pull anything on the surface towards the middle of the plane. That means that if you stand on the edge of the plane, gravity will be pulling you sideways towards the middle of the plane, not straight down like you would normally experience when you stand on Earth. So I'm quite positive that even for Australians who are way outside on the disc, an apple falls downwards, not sideways. But if you have your doubts, I urge you to try dropping something. Just make sure it's nothing that can break or hurt you. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, this is this is where they, you know, double down on the deception, right? And and they and they combine these lies to make it seem ridiculous. Like you and me are like standing 
diagonally in Australia because we're being pulled to the center of the of the disc, right? Like the gravitron is still in the center of this floating pancake that's flying up upwards in in outer space, right? Well, I think that's why they came up with the uh, with why they had uh, Einstein come up with the theory of relativity. And by the way, Einstein even admitted that he wasn't as brilliant as Tesla. And Tesla's the less credit, of course. Like you know, they like yeah, um, Elon Musk's company is named Tesla and all this stuff. And now, now he's more revered, you know, than he was in his day. But in his day, he was ridiculed and ostracized, and he never even got to see the fruits of his labor. Like, but Einstein said himself, he's like, go look at it. I don't know the exact quote, but he said, like, he said, like, Tesla's way more brilliant than me, basically, is what he was saying. Quote. Yeah. But like, I think of it, like, they had to come up with the theory of relativity, right? So if you're in Australia, uh, it, it's, it's relative to your perspective of where you're at, you know? So it's just this loophole that they come up with where they always have this scapegoat. They come up with their own scapegoats, like where if, when, once they get challenged or you challenge them with this, they reverted back to this perverted mathematical science and they say, well, it, oh yeah, it's a theory of relativity. Like, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm just being silly here, but yep. let, let me, let me say this and then I'll, I'll let you take the final stage with your point on this last one. But, uh, folks, they have images that they've sold us through, uh, articles and, and the news and textbooks and magazines and NASA's own website where they say they zoomed in on the face of Mars and found uh, a face. Remember this? They said they found a face on Mars and that they found a thing that looks like a pyramid and they, 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 they zoomed in on these different planets in the solar system and they can show you what the terrain of those planets look like. Bro, you're doing all this for all these planets that are in outer space, but when it comes to Earth, you just show us the same regurgitated blue marble, just yeah. the same one over and over again. And uh, go look at them. The ones that are taken, there's some that they show the progression of the ones that they've released. So like one from 2004 and the one from 2015, they just happen to have the same cloud patterns that day. Get the heck out of here. They're just regurgitating in them, regurgitating them and updating them. Okay. So they can, they, with these fancy space cameras, they can show you like a, Something on the face of Mars, right? So why don't they do that for Earth? And I, I heard Santos Bonacci say this. He's like, one time, take your fancy little space camera and zoom in from outer space and zoom in on the bottom of the Earth and show me somebody on Australia driving their car upside down. Yeah, exactly. Like, why can't they do that? If, they, if these things exist, show us that. Like, have your satellite in outer space show us the expanse of the whole earth and the globe and it's spinning and it moving and all this stuff zoom in on you know somebody in the top of the europe right and, and show us what it looks like there and, and zoom in and come in in the cities and show us and then zoom back out to outer space you know and then and then zoom the camera in to the bottom of the earth and then show us somebody on the bottom of the ball driving their car upside Oh, exactly. Now, now that, you know, they have Hollywood and they have like, I mean, look at the things that they can do with movies. I mean, like how awesome of images can they come up with movies? I've seen like, I, I you know, what's funny is like when uh, some of these older movies that use like CGI came out and when they first came out, I was so blown away. And then now you go look at movies from like the early 2000s. And you're like, dude, that's garbage. 
And when it first came out, you're like, oh, that was so awesome. And then, but you look at the stuff they're doing nowadays, man, it looks real. Oh, it for looks sure. real. Yeah. Uh, think you know, about what and, they can do with all this AI stuff and all this AI art. Uh, the one thing I did find funny, I don't know if you saw this, but they were saying that um, there's a new Photoshop program that can detect that images have been uh, meddled with and they can see what, mm-hmm. like, uh, what's been Photoshopped. And I just seen a funny meme of like N- NASA uh, graphic designers just sweating like crazy, you know, as they they put their uh you know cartoons together right yeah they're cartoons i like how you say that but uh yeah well the guy that that created the space marble for nasa the image and he they also made it for that for the apple phones remember he's even said like that they use cgi for it and then i i've mentioned it on previous ex- episodes or i i mentioned it on flat earth files but we talked about how they even said like Oh, well, the images from the uh, Hubble telescope, and, and now I'm, I'm throwing a brain fart for the, other, for the name of the other telescope, but they just happen to use the same images for both ones. And, and, and they admit it. He's in an interview admitting that, that, that they use uh, computer-generated images. Like, this, these words are coming out of their own mouths. It's kind of like when the astronauts were asked about their quest, and <laughs> there's been moments of truth where they spoke the truth, and there's been like a like when the little girl was talking to was it Buzz Aldrin and and she and he said it's because we've never been there, like yeah. yeah, folks, just open up your mind, just open up your mind and look at them like they they can't hold the lie forever. Yeah, I mean the I, truth will come out whether it'll come out in our lifetime or whether it'll come out when it's revealed to us after we die. Who knows? But uh, all I, at least it's just. There's too many red flags. There's too many uh, coincidence coins dropping, and yeah. like I, I just thought that it was so appropriate, though, like for us to finish that list with with you know trust trust the images that NASA provides you, like that that that's the proof. You know that's that's so perfect. You know it's it's insulting to our intelligence to have faith in these. You know, like when, once everybody wakes up and realizes how corrupt these things are, and that you know, we've been betrayed, it'll be fine. Like, we'll get over it. We've all gotten over it. You and me, are, we're fine. We're doing great now, right? Like, it's not it's not the end of the world. Like, that Star Wars is fake? Yeah, it's fake. Like, it's okay. You'll get over it. Like, it's supposed to be fake. It's a it's a fun movie. You're supposed to just enjoy it and then go live your, your, your life the best you can. Like, it's not, like, you're not going to become Luke Skywalker. Sorry. And that should never, <laughs> that should never have been your goal to begin with. You know, like you don't want to get with your sister. You want to go and you want to go. You know <laughs> oh, man. That was awesome. That was a good joke. Yes. actually. Or, or with the Ewoks. Was that a freestyle? That was a freestyle for sure, man. I just made that up on the fly. Oh, that was dope, dude. I love it. Hey, look, folks, you don't want to be Skywalker. You don't want to get with your sister. Dude, that was epic, bro. That was so epic. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Bro, like, there's probably a listener out there that probably has like the the Enterprise tattooed on them, or or uh, you know whatever the spaceship was, you know the Battlestar Galactica, or you know they have a tattoo of Yoda, or dude, I have an extraterrestrial Pharaoh tattooed on my leg. Like, it's okay. Like, yeah, so no, these are phases that we go through in our life, and like, it's okay. I mean, as children, we play make believe, like. These are just adults playing make believe, at least in my opinion, you know. And but yeah. like, it, just because one thing that you thought was real got destroyed, just like when you were a little kid and Santa got destroyed, did you collapse and die and stop living your life? Like, no. So just if this, if this 
uh, stack of cards come crumbles, if this facade, this card castle crumbles, are you going to stop living your life? Like, no. Like, we're going to continue to live on. We're going to continue to press on. All we want is the truth. Just tell us the truth. Stop playing games with us. Like, exactly. you know, come out and tell us the truth. And it's just funny to me. It just seems like they're hiding from us. But like you said, they're scurrying. And, 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 and when you're a liar, what do you have to do? You have to keep coming up with more lies to cover up the lie that you told. Right. So it just grows and grows like a cancer. And that's what I think lying is. Like, it's a cancer. It's a cancer when you do it in your own life. And I've been, I, I went through, I've done it before as, as a kid and as an adult. I told something that I thought was a white lie and I had to tell more lies to try to cover up for that little white lie that I told. And eventually it came out and I got exposed. So if they're lying, all we're trying to do is expose them. And it's just like when your parents, when you came home and you were guilty and your parents knew you were up to something, but they couldn't quite pinpoint what it was. And they just kept pressing you and kept pressing you and you finally caved in. Well, that's what we're going to do with these institutions. We're going to keep pressing them and pressing them and pressing them until they cave in. Yeah, well, I mean, just look at look at how miraculous life is. Like you, I, like I, I, I know you now. Like I know you, and we and we did this, and we like proved we like debunked how many globe proofs in what 10, 20 minutes. Like we debunked them. Like how and how easy was that? Like I didn't need a white lab coat and and uh, you know an afro and a mustache and call myself NDT, right? Like I, yeah, I'm just a regular guy. I don't pretend to be astrophysicist from. Yale or something like that like you know we we can chop this up pretty quickly and and realize that these guys are actors like it in reality we're all trying to find our our part in this world we're all like figuring out who we are we're all acting but at some point but you know what what is our intention I think that you and I have amazing intentions like you know I'm not I'm not here to make billions of dollars off of flat earth I'm here to talk to people like you meet meet people make friends like make the world a better place like if that's the way i get on satan's radar you know i'm up for the challenge yeah i I, you know i know there's flat earthers out there that may not be christians but i think most flat earthers at least believe in a higher power you know what i mean and uh the one thing that flat earth does has done for me is just well for me personally it's just made me look at my Bible differently, but somebody who doesn't have a biblical perspective on it and might, might think like, it's okay to think differently. Like I could think of the, the firmament as a dome. You could think of it as an everlasting expanse in the sky. Like it's okay. I don't know. You don't know. The one thing that I do know is that what they're telling us is bull crap and just look at it, you know? And, uh, that's all, that's all we want you to do. You know, don't take our word for it. You know, I know we poke a little bit of fun and we have some fun and we're making jokes and we're, but we, we want to make this entertaining to you folks. But we also want to get out what's on our heart. So what's in our heart is going to come out because we're not liars. We're speaking the truth from the way we see it, from the way we feel it, you know, and if we're, you know, I would never want to insult somebody like anybody who come to the table and sit down. And I have, I have a, a good friend, actually, the one, my friend, Devin from California. Like he's not a, he's not a flat earther and he challenges me all the times and he asks me questions that I can't answer, you know, yep. and it's okay. And, but at the same time, I, I send things back his way and then he's kind of like, well, Hey, look, I've never said I'm committed to the globe or I've never said I've committed to flat earth. I'm just kind of just out there living my life. Like, you know, yep. is it the most important thing out there? Is flat earth more important than your, your health or your family's livelihood or, or, you know, 
your uh, mother's battle with cancer or whatever you have going on in your life? No, it's not. It's right. not. But is it important in the fact that if we're being lied to, wouldn't you want to know? If you're in a relationship and somebody's hot and your partner's hiding something from you, wouldn't you want to know? Like, look, we're living a life and we're in partnerships with, uh, you know, with these governments, whether we want to be in a partnership with them or not. You know, we have these social, I don't know what you guys have in Canada, but over here in the United States, we have like social security numbers and we have to pay our taxes and we have to do this. That's a partnership that you have with this institution and we pay them for for services with the, with our work and they take money from us to to build these social institutions. I want to know why is this money going here? Why is it going there? Like what's wrong with asking these questions? They want us to just stay tight-lipped and just go along with the flow and just be these mindless worker bees. Like, no, nah, man, we're humans, bro. We're naturally curious. God made us that way. So like that's why it's important to me. Yeah, you got to question everything now, especially. But yeah, man. So, dude, this has been tremendous, Alex. I, it's been so much fun having this conversation with you. To me, this is just like hanging out with my buddy and just having like a good time, you know. So, I'm so happy you came on Firma Mental, and and you're the first ever guest interview. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think we did it right. A, yeah, man, it's been such a pleasure to have you, bro. I'm gonna. I'm going to leave you with the final word and uh, shout out anybody you want to shout out and uh, just kind of uh, leave us with a final message, brother. Okay. Well, uh, you know, this one's dedicated to uh, my buddy Raul. Um, I found this uh, in one of my darkest days and it was uh, Timothy 1.7. It says, uh, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And uh, when I heard that and I realized that it was... Um, you know, against God to to live in fear and to not trust Him. Um, that that was a big moment, and and that was during the pandemic, and that was a huge, uh, huge thing that turned around. So for me to actually know you now and be on this show, and you know, just be a part of something that I I think is so important. Like I said, we're I I feel like I could be like a, a main character on the stage now, and and who the heck am I? But you know, as I level up, as I research, as I'm, I, I'm realizing I'm more and more passionate about, you know, these kinds of things. These th kinds of things are interesting to me. Real science is interesting to me. And the thing that I've come to realize is that real science gets you closer to God. It points in the direction of God. And fake science, scientism, takes you away from God. It takes you towards atheism. It takes you towards uh, thinking that, you know, we all came from nothing. There's, we're this big explosion. And then there was this ridiculous primordial soup for billions of years and we evolved from monkeys and and that's not and that's fake like that's not science that's scientism and you know we were we were made like the more i read genesis word for word it's like wow this this is the truth and it's scary how far i got from it and you know i worry about people out there like you know get 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 in touch with um nature just sit out there in nature meditate and you'll be surprised like you'll you'll get these messages and they'll be from a higher power they'll be from you know your god like the the person that talks to you like it's for real like the atheism is dark it it is that black hole that mm -hmm. whatever his face stephen hawking's made up in his wheelchair cuz he couldn't like go see outer space so he just made up a bunch of crap about black holes sucking up earth in however many years and whatever that's all nonsense that's trash like 
you know, like exactly. there's, there's no meteor that's coming to kill us. Like we're, we're, we're powerful. We're super strong and we're not meant to live in fear and we're here to make the world a better place. I'm here to make this world better and, you know, get on my back and I'll carry you. Like I, I'm prepared to be that strong. And, uh, I know that Raul is too, and George Hobbs is doing incredible things. And, you know, those are the people I want to shout out. I want to shout out my wife and my kids and, uh, you know, they make me want to be a better man every day. So that's about it. That's all I got. Uh, I'd love to come back again and, you know, fire up some new, some new, uh, some new stuff for you. Hey man, uh, it's been such a pleasure. This friendship doesn't end here. It just continues on. And we are going to continue to have a dialogue with one another. I'll bring you on as a guest again down here in the future. I got a few more episodes lined up. I know we're going to start this. Uh, we want to start this podcasting and media company, and we're going to work together. We're going to build this empire, and we're going to have fun with it. Um, this has been just a, a tremendous time that I've spent with you. And and you know, the Timothy one seven is inspirational. It's inspirational to me. And the way you speak and, and, and like you say, man, it's all about living in love and not in fear and, and serving one another. And it's been, I'm so happy to spend this time with you and, uh, thank you so much, my friend. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Roll. Yeah. So like I always say, folks, keep it firm, keep your circle tight, but most of all, keep it firm. Momentum. <laughs>